Welcome to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we discuss new music. This week we're talking about the music that came out in March. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. Yeah. The bo- the boys are, are, are here. T- Tyler is not here because, you know... Social distancing. Social distancing, social isolation, social... Social, all that stuff, uh, and so we got we got Dax here working the board, and then Jared will be here. He's going to talk about some of the albums that he listened to, and that's going to be pretty exciting stuff. That first song that I played was the song E six o five, maybe it's E six hundred and five. I don't remember exactly. Uh, from Human Impact, you might know the members of Human Impact from Unsane and Jared's favorite band of all time, Swans. Yeah, I figured that was what was happening. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was that. It's a it's a noise rock group. They've got some of the members from Swans, and there you have it. That's Human Impact. The album is indeed Human Impact. Second album I'm going to talk about is Caroline Rose's album Superstar. So again, that album is Caroline Rose Superstar. That was my actual first album that I've gotten from Vinyl Me Please. I am not doing an ad for Vinyl Me Please at this current moment. I'm just mentioning that it's a thing. It's a really good album, though. Uh, I enjoyed her album from, I believe it was 2018. That one was really good, Loner. And this one is very different from that album. It's a little bit more of like a disco-y almost album it's got a lot of like 80s synth pop to it but there's also it's just a really odd vibe compared to the indie rock sound that she was kind of going for she definitely on that second or the the loner album that she had she definitely had a very like fun sound that she had and so when she came into this album it sounds like she's still having fun just in a different kind of way so again caroline rose the album is Superstar. The next song I'm going to be talking about is indeed the new album by The Weeknd, After Hours. So So this is one of the albums that Jared got to check out this month. Jared, how did you feel about the Weekend album? I really enjoyed it. I, I liked it. his stuff from before, um, some of it, not all of it, but I liked some songs from Beauty Behind, The Madness. I liked that album. It was pretty good. The Hills is a good song, but I, I liked, I wasn't a huge fan of Starboy. Mm-hmm. It had had like, the the Daft Punk song was pretty good, but the rest of it wasn't that great. But I do I did enjoy this album quite a bit. It's kind of like a uh, Michael Jackson. That's exactly like, what I thought too. Like 
like what he did with uh can't feel my face which was a like a lot a, a nod to michael jackson even the music yeah. video he nodded to michael jackson right this album was basically like more of his stuff in it i mean it's less stoner r&b which is what he started out doing you right. know soundcloud stuff and putting out you know stuff on there and now he's kind of evolved more into a pop singer right but I, I thought it was really good i i thought it was pretty good i also definitely got michael jackson off of the album I also, I think the the thing that I enjoyed the most off of this album for sure is the production. It sounds just phenomenal in terms of like all the sounds. It's really like filled out in terms of sound. There's a lot going on and it like as a pop album, it's a very big pop album for sure. And you can tell that it was like, there was a lot of work put into it. Then you mentioned earlier that like the interlude on the album was produced by Kevin Parker of Tame Impala. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of people that were like producing across that album. Metro Boomin was there. Yeah. I believe that this is the Max al- Martin's on there. Wasn't this Dax. the one where Onichuk's Point Never was a point a part of the production or was that a different album? I don't know what that means. Let me check. On it Oh yeah, that's that was the that was the Kevin Parker thing. That's the only thing that that person was on is the interlude. Yeah, no. What oh, a, and until I bleed out. One point Point no, one of tricks. Point never was a. It's like a Plunderphonics artist, and he helped produce part of this album as well. Two songs, two songs. The interlude with Kevin Parker and the last song until I bleed out. Those are the oh, two that okay. That did. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, so really, they he had a lot of production help on this, so it makes sense that it sounds as good as it does. Well, he doesn't produce his own music. I don't think, anyways. Right. I actually do think that he was he had a hand in his production on this. Well, I mean, but n- not normally, and I don't know what that means. Right. If you're in the studio, like Elvis is credited as a as a writer on things because he was sitting there. Yeah, that's that's entirely fair. <laughs> when it was written, <laughs> that is entirely fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's really hard to tell, and that was something that I had thought about too. Is like if you listen to an album like this and it says, "Oh yeah, he produced all of these songs." How much of a hand did he have in that production? In, in his own right, how much of this was his vision and how much of this was another producer's vision. Either way, it sounds really good and mm-hmm. he does a good performance on it. Because, I mean, it's not like Michael Jackson produced all his music in the same vein. No. He, you know, wrote some songs. But, yes. you know, it, pop music is not necessarily known for the performer always making their own music, writing their own music. They're more known for performing their music. So, so yeah. So that's the weekend's album, After Hours. I'm going to move into Shabaka and the Ancestors' new album, We Are Sent Here by History. As you might be able to tell, Shabaka and the Ancestors is indeed a jazz group. Shabaka Hutchings has been associated with two other acts within the last couple of years, Sons of Kemet and The Comet is Coming. Comet, of Co- Comet is Coming was one of Tyler's favorite albums from last year. It's very good, like, new jazz, alt-jazz kind of sound. Whereas Shabaka and the Ancestors is a much more, like, traditional sound of jazz. It has a lot of, like, 
Afro style of jazz to it. Um, it's really good. I really like Shabaka Hutching. I've been getting into jazz more as of the last couple of years, and I'm noticing that he is one of the more modern jazz artists that are really making a difference in jazz music today. The next album I'm going to be talking about is Disc and their new album, Collector. So Disc is a group that came off of the Saddle Creek Records label. They're the ones who have put out like Hopalong's music and a couple other artists. And they are, this is their debut record. And I think that if people catch on to this album, that it could actually do something because it's a really, really good album that has kind of like a 90s-ish throwback sound that I think that people could really get into. But oftentimes a lot of these groups just get swept under the rug. And so... This is me trying to not have it get swept under the rug. It's a really good album. I would check it out. That song is called D19. It's a song about a microphone. He's basically writing a love song, a bite of microphone. It sounds good. I like it. That's disc. Next album I'm going to be talking about is the band Sorry with their album 925. that new album by sorry is also a debut record i think the thing that i really enjoyed about this album the most is how many different sounds are coming off of it so this song that i played was starstruck and that one has a little bit more of like a heavy beat to it whereas other ones do not it's like there's like shoegaze moments like post-punk there's just dream pop moment there's, i could rattle them off forever Dax, when I showed it to you, what was it that you said that it sounded like to you? It sounded like a grungy Lana Del Rey. That's that is exactly that is exactly right. Because when you listen to Lana Del Rey, it she has like this way of singing that makes it sound like she just doesn't care about what she's performing in this really kind of like it's like a very, very like confident way. And I think that you get a lot of that off of Sorry as well. So yeah, once again. This is the band Sorry, their debut album, 925. The next one that I'm going to be talking about is the new album by Dua Lipa, and the album is Future Nostalgia. Used to be afraid of love and what it might do. So yeah, that's the new album by Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. I 
would say that this is very much the like Janelle Monet of this year or the Lizzo of this year. It's like a big, well-produced, funky pop album that honestly I could very easily see being like one of the records of the year. That song was Love Again, which... Golly gee, huh? Golly gee, huh? That Dax, sounded familiar. Dak is to do with That Sounds Familiar on our bonus episode. Please talk about it. What a thing. Uh, so that song uh, sampled a song called My Woman by... Lou Stone. Lou Stone and somebody. His, uh, Lou Stone and the something or- orchestra. Lou Stone and his band. Is that is that all it is? I thought it had like a name to it. Oh, just yeah, Lou Stone yeah, and his band. It's Lou Stone and his band. All right. Yeah, so that's the that's the original recording. We'll play that first. Which I know it from the song uh, "Your Woman" by White Town. It sounds to me like she sampled the White Town version. I hers think sounds so closer to that. I think so too. And for one with a keen eye, or keen ear, I almost said keen eye. For one with a keen ear, you might also notice that it sounds eerily like the Imperial March from Star Wars. You don't think so? Listen I, to. Let me play it again. Let me play it again. It's very similar, but it's not... Not quite there. Quite there. Not quite there. Will you play the song Break My Heart from that album? Yes, absolutely. I've always been the one to say the first goodbye. Had to love and lose a hundred million times. Had to get it wrong to know just what I like. Now, now play the song Need You Tonight by NXS. Come over here. That is a credited sample. It's on the album. That's right. fantastic. Yeah. First, that sounds familiar on our on our uh, bonus episode for Record Roundtable. That's pretty it's pretty exciting. So yeah, that was Dua Lipa, the album Future Nostalgia. The next album I'm going to be talking about is Baxter Dury's album The Night Chancers. It's just a sloppy spiff With an open shirt, scales brief so 
So again, that album is The Night Chancers by the artist Baxter Dury. That song right there was Saliva Hog. I really enjoyed this album. It's got a lot of like slick and groovy bass lines to it. It's actually it's like a really sexy album that I would I would use that word. Uh, he does not have much of a presence outside of the UK. Uh, so Baxter Dury has not made a lot of impact on the U.S. at this point. I'd like to see this album make more of an impact because it's really, really good and worth checking out. So yeah, that album was The Night Chancers by Baxter Dury. Again, that song was Saliva Hog. The next album I'm going to be talking about is the album Three by The Next. So again, that album was the album three by the band The Next. This is not their third album, which you might think by an album called Three. This is actually, I'm pretty sure, their 21st album. They have been making music for a very, very long time, but they have not ever had a lot of momentum behind their albums. They're like this long-form kind of jazz sound. These albums, this album in particular, three, is actually three tracks. Each track is 20 minutes long, and for the most part, it is like the same song structure for the entire 20 minutes. So it is a very much a test of patience, but I very much enjoyed it. It's very good as like background music, but also if you like put your focus into it, then you can really get something out of it as well. That track that I just played was the one that has really the most like traditional jazz sounding bits to it that song is called further and i i really like this again i've been getting into jazz more this is a jazz album that really stood out to me so again the next three the next album i'm going to be talking about is porridge radio and their album every bad So that was the song Lilac by the band Porridge Radio off their album, Every Bad. I also enjoyed this album quite a bit. And I think that the band uses a lot of like incantation throughout. They do like a lot of repetitive lyrics throughout. You can notice that off of this track in particular, that whole like last two minutes is effectively like the exact same line over and over again, but just slowly builds up into like bigger moments. And that's a lot of this album. Uh, again, that's Porridge Radio, Every Bad. The next one I'm going to talk about is Jay Electronica's new album, A Written Testimony. Avanican, su espectro.
Have you ever heard a tailor? The noblest of gentlemen rose up from Squella. Tall, dark, and decked out in customary regalia. Smelling like paraphernalia. So for anybody who also listens to Good Band, Bad Band, I mentioned this album about two weeks ago because this is the album that Jay-Z is heavily featured on by Jay Electronica. So he's the artist who was picked up by Tidal and has been making music for like well over a decade and has never had a solo debut album. And this is his first one through Tidal. And Jay-Z is featured on multiple, if not almost all of the tracks across this album, which I think makes this an even bigger debut than it could have been had Jay-Z not been such a huge part of it. So if you like hip-hop, if you like Jay-Z then you will like this Jay Electronica album, A Written Testimony. That song specifically was a never-ending story. The next album I'm going to be talking about is Honey Harper's album, Star Maker. So again, that was Honey Harper, Star Maker. That song was called Suzuki Dreams. This is the kind of album that you listen to, and then when people say, I like everything but country, you show them this album, and you say, are you sure that you don't like country? Because that's how I feel when I listen to this. I I very much love like how big the production is. It sounds very different from your usual country album, and it's definitely worth still checking out, even if you think oh yeah, I don't really listen to country. It's got like dream pop elements to it. It's got big production. He it's, sounds like a Disney princess. He does. Absolutely. Absolutely. He sounds like a Disney princess. Uh, at this point in time, I'm going to turn it over to Jared because since I'm talking about country music, he's got some country music based things that he's been really dying to talk about. So I'm going to toss it over to Jared. So it all started last year with uh, Mr. Lil Nas X with his song Old Town Road. Yes, it did. And it changed country music, changed pop radio, really. And so he, he made the song Old Town Road, he put it on YouTube, and he made it as an ode to Red Dead Redemption 2. And uh, then uh, Mr. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus got on the track and blew it up, and then we got all these other remixes featuring all these other people. So now all these other... Uh, hip-hop people are putting country music into their stuff as well so a few weeks ago we got an, a new song called uh it was called rascal by somebody named rumor rmr and he it got uh real popular on youtube and uh on tiktok and 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 uh youtube and and facebook various social media sites it blew it blew the, the hell up and then this just like I think a week or two ago, something like that, this other guy named Breland comes out with a track called My Truck. And it's a YouTube video as well. It's great. Kind of it's a swerve, if you will. So he swerves the truck in the video. So those are the two things that I've found this this here recently that has really changed both country music and hip hop as a whole. Would you like to play either of those tracks here? Well, it's up to you. It's your show. 
Play I, Rascal. Rascal? You want Rascal play? I like that one. So the song here, let me do a little preface. The Please song, do. The song is called Rascal. Now, it has nothing to do with the lyrical content of it other than he's sampling Rascal Flats. So here, I'll, I'll let you listen to a little bit of old Rascal. Many years ago Hoping I could come up quick Along the broken road I hustled and found a plug From me extra, show me love Now I'm flexing in a wreck They hating on me too And every sleepless night so that sampled "Bless the Broken Road" by Rascal Flatts. So uh-huh. in that song, it's about uh, divorce, you know, trying to get back on the on the broken road, if you will. Right. And this song is about uh, forgetting about the hoes and gotta uh, uh, and scamming them, basically. So it's pretty great. That song came out in February, February I think twenty sixth. So technically it's a February song, but Ooh. it blew it blew up in March. So that's why it got it got yeah, talked right. about today. The Breland song. Let me see when that came out. Looks like it also came out in February. But again, if if it's blowing up now, it's relevant now. So I think it's appropriate. Do you want to play a little bit of my truck? All right, let's do it. You can call my lady, you can take my money, you can smoke my blunt Scuff these Jordans, you can say you hate me, you can call me crazy But don't touch my truck Kind of sound a little bit like the box, didn't it? I could see that It's it, They're very... They're two very different mixtures of country and hip hop. One of one of them is a little bit more hip hop, and one of them is a little bit more country. I would say that's true. So, so yeah, there's your 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 taste of hip hop country for this month. Uh, the next one we're gonna get into is Code Orange's new album, Underneath. So again, that was Code Orange with their new album underneath that song was Swallowing the Rabbit Hole. This is definitely, in my opinion, probably going to be the best metal album of the year. Jared, do you agree with that one? Or do you think that like do you think that really anybody would be able to come out and make something that would I mean that's a yeah, probably there's a possibility. Right now it is definitely the best. Yeah. I don't know what else is in line to come out soon. Yeah. I think Parkway Drive might have something coming out. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's gonna be better than Code Orange though. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I wouldn't discredit the possibility of a new band that's coming up from the underground like Code Orange did. Sure, that's a they good point. They used to be called Code Orange Kids. That is true. Uh, back in back in the day mm-hmm. when you used to follow people, used to follow them. I liked uh, Forever. That album was pretty good, and I liked the yes. stuff that they did with the WWE things like that. But Indeed. this album, like the what was coming up from it was very good. It's unfortunate because all of this is happening. So they're not able to tour. Right. You know, they put so much work into this and they wanted to go out on the road and play it. They originally were going to do a show in Pittsburgh where they're from, I believe. 
and they had to postpone that show and they did it all online on YouTube to try and or actually they did it on Twitch. Yeah, it was on Twitch, Twitch went from they uploaded on YouTube as well on their official YouTube channel, but it was a really good performance all over Twitch. Like I've never seen like that style of a performance before where like you you like basically do a whole performance as if it's a live music video and all the production sounds as if they're like live mm-hmm. but it also like it looks really clean it well that would really have been clean. what they like, were going to do with their show like they were right. they didn't want to basically waste all of the effort that they put into making this live show and then whatever they would have done in Pittsburgh yeah for the fans they would have like fixed the things that didn't work and made things better and then like just continue to change it for new shows on their live tour but i mean the twitch thing worked out really well it was about i mean an hour performance and yeah you know, I like uh, the song uh, "Who I Am." I think that was another really good song. I like Rebby, the um, the lead guitarist. Yes, I, I think that she's a good vocalist and a, a really good guitarist, and she kind of adds a very interesting element to. You know, it's not very often that you have a metal band that has a female that is not the lead singer. That's true. So, I, yeah, like, it's very not. rare that you have like that where that isn't. They're not just the front woman. You know, she's she's not that. She does lead on a lot of stuff, but she's also the lead guitarist as well. Right. Know? So Well, they do a good a good job of mixing the two vocals well, where they have her kind of clean vocals versus his screaming vocals. They do a good job of, you know, having split songs where like you kind of have like a really easy song that could make it onto like an alternative rock chart. And then you have other songs that for like a metal purist are gonna easily like appease them and bring them in they also have like elements of like like industrial music across this album like crazy they started using that a lot on forever that was their 2018 album if i remember correctly it was 17 yeah it was 17 that's right so their 2017 album uh i like when i heard it i was like blown away by code orange's sound and i just think this one was even better than that but that one had the amazing song off of it um Bleeding in the Blur. Bleeding in the Blur, thank you. Uh, which was also sang by Revy. And the, her her vocals on these albums is often one of the biggest highlights of the entire album is her her performing and her playing guitar and everything. So she's a big, important piece of the puzzle when it comes to Code Orange from my It's also interesting their kind of progression from that to they had an EP come out that featured Corey Taylor uh-huh. from Slipknot. And then I think probably you know some of that, that um, partnership kind of led to this album because right like the industrial new metal kind of stuff and like the different instrumentation that slipknot does yeah really helped with this album i would i would imagine i would say so because if you listen to like their initial album i am king i believe is the name of that one that one is just kind of a straight up hardcore album it's not real it's not doing much with industrial I don't really even think that Revy sings almost at all, if any, on that album. It's almost entirely just a straight-up hardcore metalcore album. And so, obviously, there must have been an influence from something to make that different. So, I know, Jared, if this is a, this might be a good place to mention it, but the, uh, the video that you like to play of Code Orange with uh, the Patrick bit. Yeah, that was from... I don't remember what album that was on. I believe that was from I Am King. I Am King? Yeah, okay. I believe so. There's yeah. a there's a video where where Patrick is doing the a wee woo wee woo. Can you explain that to me, Jerry? Why don't you just play it? Just play it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, why do I have to explain a YouTube video you can play? 
was that song called? It is the highlight every time. The the original, my world, my world. The original song is "My World" by Code Orange. Yeah. Cool. If you ever want to find that video, it is titled "Code Orange, My World," but the dissonant guitar is "Wee Woo." So there you go. Go check that out. Now, before I get to the last album that I was wanting to cover, I want to throw it back again to Jared so he can talk about some of the albums that he's been listening to this month. And he can talk about some of those things before we close out on the last album that I know that we both have. or I know that you, me and Dax have listened to it. Have you? We'll get to it. It's fine. Please go. I know I want to talk about the the Chats new album, High Risk Behavior. I think it's their debut album, technically. Um, they are a, a Australian uh, pub punk group that had the song uh, called Smoko. That is a um, it is a, a pub punk song. That Smoko is a uh, it's slang for going on a smoke break in Australia. So basically, they use Australian slang for a lot of their song titles and stuff and uh, and their verbiage within the music. Is Smoko on that debut album? Or yes, I believe so. I it's a damn it. fine song, too. Is that on Is there? It? I don't think it? so. Let me check. Well, look at the track listing. You're right there. It's not on there, no. It must have been a single that came off of well, it was something that, else. When did that come out? What When did Smoko come out? Keep going down. Smoko came out in 2017. Okay. So they must have had an EP that came out or something that came out. Yeah. Like, Well, it was, it was released on YouTube. Smoko was. Was it? And it... So he has like a he has a bowl cut with a mullet, and he's the whole thing is just very a like, bowl cut with a mullet, very gimmicky. Yes. Oh man, nerdy in the front and party in the back. I guess so. But um, but they use a lot like they have the song on there. the The lead single was called a uh, pub feed, uh, and then um, they've had a few different singles. The whole thing is just very interesting because it's like. Australian verbiage in punk songs. And so Americans like it because it's like, this is weird. But then Australians like it because they're using, you know, typical slang that the kids like. Yeah. But um, they've been posting a bunch of YouTube videos of performances because um, they are not able to tour right now, obviously. So they're like, here's a taste of what you would be able to see if you saw us live. And they're pa- they're packing them small shows. Everybody's singing along to Smoko and Pub Feed and all them songs. So oh, man. it's pretty cool. I wish they'd be able to come on over to the states so I can sing along with them. Yeah, was Pub Feed the song that stood out to you most on the album, or did you have another song that stood out? Uh, um, Dine and Dash is pretty good. I had a music video for it as well. Um, I can't remember all the tracks, but I, probably Pub Feed is the the more the the one I like the most from the new album, yes. Okay. That is phenomenal. The cool thing is they're very DIY. So like their YouTube videos are, you know, very cheaply made. Right. But they, like Smoko blew up and that's how anybody knows who they are uh, because of that song and that video. And then they, I think were signed. I don't know if they're on a label, probably so uh, in Australia, but um, bargain bin records. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. But uh, they were able to be signed because of that. But even like like their new videos, Dine and Dash was a um, relatively well made music video. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, they're just comedy punk, really, which, you know, like it, it's hit or miss with a lot of that stuff. It's a hit. But it's a hit, man. With like it translate, and they're not like, if you watch their YouTube videos uh, of them performing live, they're not great, but it doesn't really matter because you don't have to be if you're a punk. No. You know, like, you, like the Ramones were never good singers. No. You know, not no. not the, the chats of the Ramones, but you, I mean, the references are there. Sm- short funny punk songs like that right really a lot of that is the ramones you know yeah i so. mean there's yeah that kind of punk sound has is, is all over the place i can't wait really I, the Ramones. if they so. are on if they can get on triple j and oh, they, I'd love oh that. my gosh that'd be great and they do a cover of something yeah oh, man i can't wait keep your keep your eyes peeled I, i'm gonna be honest I, I wouldn't say this if i didn't mean it i think the first thing i'm gonna do when we finish this episode is i'm gonna listen to the chat's high-risk behavior it came out this it weekend like, it came it out did. friday I listened to it once it's pretty good it's I'll, hopefully i'll keep listening to it it's not it's not one of those things that will probably stick with you all year necessarily but right. it just depends on what else comes out punk wise and right I've, I've been looking forward to it you know I, so that's my i like that one any other ones other than that one that I stand out i know that you said that you died. I know, I know that you mentioned that you really enjoyed the uh, Die Antwoord album. Oh yes, please. Uh, yes, I there. It's them back to Dax has listened to it, so I don't know if he has any kind of. I, I know he didn't like it as much, but if he has any opinions on it, but there, I thought that they were done. Honestly, I thought they weren't making any more music, but they did. Uh, but it it's very it's back to their roots a little bit in terms of production and stuff. They're not trying to be too strange, although they are kind of. I mean they. They always have. They're always going to be strange. So uh, play the last song on the album, number one. Number one. It's a good song. No photos, no fame, nobody knows my name. No future, no plan, I'm just an everyday man. That was probably my favorite track off of that. Yeah, I, I it sounds I, a lot less weird. Yeah, I mean it's a traditional like dance song, really. Can yeah, you play pop it? dance? I think that that movie Chappie really kind of screwed them over because they thought they were gonna like have this mainstream success in the U.S. and that movie didn't really do very well, and they just it just kind of like they were just in it and it didn't do anything to benefit their careers that much, and then they kind of have been just around since then. They've had EPs and stuff, but it's like I don't know, they're just weird, but. I, I would like to see them sometime. I think it'd be fun. I can see that being a very, a very, very interesting live performance for sure. Good. I guess so. Okay. I don't remember anything else. So this last album that we're going to talk about is kind of hard to describe because it's Childish Gambino, but he's also going by Donald Glover on this. The initial album was called Donald Glover Presents, but now the album is 31520 based on when it was first leaked. So... Now, if you're looking for it and you're looking for it on Spotify, it is under Childish Gambino, 31520, and that's what I'm going to play now. I always make you cry. No. 
So that song on Spotify is listed as 2419. The initial name of the song was Thank You. And this album, again, is just, it's kind of, it's really just hard to talk about. It was a surprise drop that came out on a Sunday night a couple weeks ago, 3-15-20. And it came out on Sunday night. It was on a random website that just said Don Glover Presents. It was presented for a couple hours and then got pulled. And then it was gone for an entire week. And then all of a sudden, the next week on Sunday, well, there, before Sunday, I think it was it maybe started on Thursday or Friday, there was a timer that was put on the same website that the album was on that was counting down to 3 a.m. our time, um, 12 o'clock in California, I believe, um, where the album was going to, I, we assumed, come out again. And then it ended up being fully released at that point in time. It was on the website and then was also put onto Spotify. So, again, album is very hard to explain where it came from. But again, it is a surprise drop by one of the biggest artists today when it comes down to it in terms of um, his reach because of the the fact that he is in film and TV and music and is just doing a lot of different things right now. So he's putting his hands in a lot of pots, and he's doing a very good job with it. I, I really enjoyed this surprise drop. Definitely worth checking out if you didn't know that it came out or that you just haven't had a chance to see it yet. That is the last time we're going to talk about. So before we close out, we're going to mention a couple things. Uh, this week we'll have a new record roundtable where we talk about Sufjan Stevens. He had a new album come out this month in March. But we're going to talk about that more on the Sufjan Stevens album episode. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It should come out this Friday. And also, which everybody, we should all be excited about this. uh, We have a new website coming out. So get excited about that, uh, listeners, and go check it out. Does anybody want to pick a song to close out on? Rascal again. (laughs) Do Rascal again? Yeah, do Rascal again. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um. Well, what about another weekend song? I liked uh, go to that album. I can't remember. It's yeah. towards the middle uh, of the album. Go down. Uh, Heartless. No. Escape from L.A. No. Snow Child. No. Faith. No. Blinding light. Yeah. Blinding Play lights. it. Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable. We've been talking about the month of March. Be looking out for our next bonus edition that will be coming out for the music that comes out in April. Check out our Patreon. Check out our Facebook. Of course, check out the new website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy listening to some March music that you might have missed. Goodbye. I've been on my own for long enough. Maybe you can show me